I remember that. Back at the five and dime. <laughs> <laughs> You'd belly up to the the soda jerk counter. Or oh, I love the term soda jerk. That's the one thing I wish I was older, just so I could have said, oh, yeah, when I was a teenager, I was a soda jerk. <laughs> mm. You could be a soda jerk now. Oh, like, is that the position you have to work at? It's not go. It's not someone who just goes down and hangs out at the soda fountain. Um, no, it's it's the guy behind the counter okay. that like so you makes the, the soda and banana splits and things. <laughs> you know the things that you get at a soda fountain. Yeah, yeah. at yield soda fountain. It's either banana <laughs> splits or sodas. I'm down with that. Wonderful, brave listeners. Episode 65, Batman Incorporated, number zero. Um, We could talk about what number this is in a lot of different ways. It's number zero. It's (laughs) technically issue six of volume two. It's also technically... Number 65. <laughs> uh, 14 of Batman Incorporated overall. Um, it's, or episode 65. There's a lot of different ways this number... It's You know what? My point is that it's totally asinine that we're recording this one right here. Um, but that's how we do it on Batman in quarantine. I'm Jeff. I'm Django. I'm Roman. Oh, and what a, what a beautiful statue of boys we've formed here. If we had someone that could carve us out of bronze or mold bronze into this beautiful shape that we formed, I would pay the 35 to $40 it would cost. Bronze not super expensive, right? I'm Adonis. Oh. Is that a Rocky reference? No. Um, an, an Adonis is like the, the perfect example of a man. No. Or of man. No. They work on your teeth, braces specifically. It's not a dentist, <laughs> but it's the person who does like the surgery and the braces and the cementing and stuff. Or the dentist. Or <laughs> the dentist. Ah, yes, the dentist. <laughs> My name is Orr. I'm a dentist. <laughs> Robin or dentist. Um, oh, okay, so yeah, this issue is written by Grant Morrison and Chris Burnham. With Ooh. art by Fraser Irving and a nice Chris Burnham cover. So before we get into this issue, let's just talk about what this is. Like, I, th- I believe to celebrate the one-year anniversary of the New 52, DC decided to do zero issues in all of their series. And they were going to take place before the series started. It was going to be like a year or two before all the stories had taken place. So that way it would be a good jumping on point for any new reader. And I think that as a conceit isn't horrible, except it doesn't make a lot of sense for a series that like the, the new 52 only means a little bit to this Grant Morrison series. You know, so like providing yeah. a jumping on point for like the second volume of the final third of this run is a weird thing to do, I would say. Yeah, and they they even delayed the release of this series in order to not confuse it with the new 52, right? Which is why this came out after issue five instead of after issue 12. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. But what it is, is it sort of just serves as like, I mean, I guess for, you know, Django, the uh, Morrison, I think we can oft say does a lot of abrupt scene transitions. Mm-hmm. And this is like just providing a bunch of glue between scene transitions almost. Yeah. And it, it's almost like, I don't know. It was, it was a weird amount of recap versus uh new story for me. Like you're, you're kind of thrust back and forth between old and new and like, I don't know. It was, it was a weird prequel that I, I don't know that this would work without having read a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. I don't, I get, I mean, I guess in a way it's an introduction. It could be an introduction to the idea of Batman incorporated, but I agree. There's a lot of stuff in here that if you hadn't read the last what year and a half of Batman of Morrison's Batman, you'd be like, what the hell? What is all this? Mm-hmm. What's the island of Doc Mayhew? <laughs> and why is somebody falling down a hole? And <laughs> what's what the are symbol all these Batman's sigils? falling? Yeah, what's the <laughs> symbol Batman's falling into? <laughs> why are there bat robots? <laughs> um, Roman, uh, for Leviathan Strikes, you and I had both tracked down a website called Deep, Deep Space Transmissions that had like a pretty cool annotations for it and we've i've found a lot of different like websites with annotations throughout doing this series um but that one was pretty cool um and i found them do they did one for this issue as well but it was these two guys but one of them basically kind of had the experience that they described as like i read morrison's batman run just like randomly acquiring paperbacks in the wrong order (laughs) and i think that's kind of a lot of people's experience with this Grant Morrison Batman running, but I thought that, but yeah, they were sort of talking about this, this issue. Yeah. If you have been doing this sort of buckshot scattershot approach to the Morrison thing, it kind of threads things through in a really interesting way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I just think that there's so many instances of this series having this like, pretty insane reading order that on the one hand as this was coming out i don't think it would be like necessary but then on the other hand because of like you know like we said early on in this podcast like if you google grant morris and batman the first three pages of google listings are just people posting articles on what the reading order of is it is (laughs) so it 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 is interesting and does also make sense in this deep space transmissions things we're reading you know some one of the guys was like yeah my my reading to this whole thing has just been kind of like the buckshot weird. I'm not doing a ton of work. And, and his uh, recollection of this issue seemed a bit more favorable. I just, you know, because this does act as a glue for all of these things, mm-hmm. kind of like Django is saying, but like, if you hadn't been reading all of this stuff, you know, does this actually, like, does it suffer or is this a beneficial thing to do with, with a comic series? And, you know, I, th- I think it's just an interesting conversation about this medium that we've spent our years and years of our life in and like something so basic about it is publication and voluming and numbering and yeah and uh i mean it's also like who who in this room would have the guts to tell grant morrison hey we need you to do a recap zero issue jumping on point what the fuck that's not a thing that that grant does 
Yeah, we're doing a bunch of zero issues, Grant. We thought everyone would do a thing. Well, well, you already ended my series and made me restart it and reset all continuity in the middle of my series. So I don't super care about making a jumping on point for people because you don't care about it for me. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but it was a great addendum to what we've been reading. I I really enjoyed it. And yeah, all of that being said, (laughs) you know, the necessity of it, I question, but the execution of it and the fun of it, I don't have any question. Like it it is, in fact, it's a great way to ultimately, you know, issue six of volume one was kind of this showing the reader, the family, the Batman Inc. family that's being built up. And in a Mm -hmm. run where it's called Batman Inc., incorporated um the the extent of this organization was a thing that is kind of mysterious where we spend two issues at a time recruiting certain people so is this just four people or six people and and to see this you know we're up in the teens right and i like that this did a good work to i think legitimize the breadth of this organization did you did you guys have a hard time believing that knight could fit his mask under that other mask he was wearing yeah that that leapt out at me. He's like, oh, does Knight's uh, visor horns, are they like floppy? <laughs> His boing as soon as he takes off the other mask. <laughs> oh man, you guys, that didn't even occur to me. <laughs> but you're totally right. <laughs> My thought was, sorry, Roman, please. Oh, it's just speaking of things that crack me up, when in the early scene when Bruce is speaking to his shareholders, his, his board of directors, I'd assume, I like how one of them one of the guys is nervous because he's been embezzling and Dick Bats and Damien Robin show up to take him in. And I just love that Bruce just kind of showed the efficacy of Batman and but also just intimidated his board into agreeing with him. Yeah. <laughs> and so the thing that I, I saw several places is this scene is a direct follow-up to Batman and Robin number 10 when Damien in the boardroom addresses this same person by name and talks about how much money is being laundered or embezzled. Nice. Oh. Um, and at that point, it's kind of tied, it was tied into like a Thomas Wayne foundation set, set up for victims of train accidents, if you remember. And uh, yeah, so like that seemed like a, a tie towards the Mexican train, but like maybe it was actually a Leviathan thing, you know? So, but yeah, just like this issue is kind of filled with moments like that where you're like, okay, if somebody else told me that this is right after Batman and Robin number 10, I would believe it, but I didn't know myself. (laughs) I wonder what kind of notes Grant Morrison takes when he, when, when there's like a long running story like this, like, is there a, is there a, a crazy mystery solving wall with red threads. And then like, here's a list of all the stuff that I haven't uh, come back to grant stories are so kind of intricate and interconnected. And to have this thread completed a handful of issues later, months and months later in a zero issue, like at some point they must've been like, okay, we're going to, we're going to seed this thing. And now I need to wrap it up sometime before the end of Batman Incorporated. Or is it like, now I'm back in the boardroom and here's a list of all the things that I set myself up to do if I ever wanted to. And I'll just take this one and put that in there. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And he might, I mean, and I apologize, Chris Murphy. I need to go look at it again. I'm sure one of our, one of our listeners, Chris Murphy has a document that has, 
chronologically each Batman appearance. And I'm sure he's breaking this, broken this down page by page within that document where each of these scenes is, <laughs> is located in the chronology. Love it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know that Morrison fills up journal entries with things like idea wells before he starts a story. And then I think he kind of just takes off with it. But, you know, I imagine some amount of like plot visualizations or something have to be there. But I, it's even more fun for me to think that like it's all in his head. And he's like, <laughs> oh, I've got a zero issue. Well, let me pick up on that thread from Batman and Robin number 10. Like I, I didn't ever fully do that. Or like maybe he's just online reading the complaints that people had about like, there was never any resolution on number 10s, like the guy in the boardroom. And he's like, well, I'll show you. But I mean, I, I love, I, you know, I, it's fun for me to even just picture Morrison, just like, let's picture him as like a direct funnel to God. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah over over and and emphasize his his magical ability with writing we got bat robots the uh the scene that just jumped out to me while looking through this right now is when we kind of introduced a night runner Mm -hmm. that whole yellow orangish page i didn't realize that like the scene of him on the top he's like jumping down around this building and then going down but then he like comes at the reader like I divided the top half and bottom half of that, but I, the shot of him kicking the person that's coming at us right. is clearly like the continued motion of him throughout that whole page. And I didn't realize that at first, which is just pretty, pretty phenomenal. I love that. Yeah. And I liked on, on the next page, I liked how they tied it back into the original black glove story mm-hmm. with, um, with dark ranger, talking to Squire about how he didn't want to go to the, or he wasn't invited to the thing. Yeah. And she talks about how much different it would have been if, if he'd been there. I thought, I thought that was a cool kind of callback and, and sort of an echo of, of another story that we'd read. Yeah. One of the, the resources I had read pointed out like just the importance that this entire Morrison run has placed on partnership and whether it's like Robin being a shitty Robin because he's his son and then partnering with Dick who then has a healthier relationship with him. But um, Leviathan, the kids, the organization, there's a lot of like power, like the, the bonding that happens through a power dynamic that is like two leveled. Um, so like what she says, something to the effect of like, yeah, he was killed because you weren't there. And like, that is just sort of reinforcing that statement to me in this run of like the importance of, um, a partner. Well, and, and the whole Batman incorporated is about Batman making a million partners. Right. Right. So it's, it's more than a, a one, one and two it's Batman is one and he's got a, a hundred twos with him now. Yeah. He's a number two guy. <laughs> The scene where they're marching through the snow, who is the, the big, big, big guy? Is that Tractor? Is that Tractier? I don't know, but I, I sure would do wish we had seen more of the, the Russian Batman. I want a Russian Batman miniseries written by Garth Ennis. Oh, in the snow, the Siberian. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Yeah, I wonder. I don't I know. Did we ever tractier. see Yeah, did we ever see him again? He we calls saw him, him Ravel. Okay. R-A-V-I-L. Yeah. Okay. Um, we did see Tractor again like in just a panel or two in that issue number six. Um, oh, yeah. I meant, I, meant, I meant oh. Russian Batman. Okay. Ravil. <laughs> um, Batman Inc. I need to look him up. 
<laughs> I love the when... Batman of Moscow. <clears throat> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so he comes back in Peter Tomasi's um, Batman and Robin number one. Mm. That was the the Bruce and Damien series that was coming out probably around this time. Interesting. Yeah, because it was like number thirteen or or is it twenty one or twenty four where uh, we see the fallout of Grant Morrison's storyline in that series. Well, interestingly, this guy, Batman of Moscow's first appearance is Batman and Robin number one of the New 52. So actually, this is a Tomasi creation and not a Morrison creation. Huh. Which is interesting. I love when he invites them back for drinks and Bruce is like, he's 11 years old. I don't drink. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I pissed off Batman. Yeah. I'm just going to swap that, that uh, offer of friendship out of your hands. Yeah. Ravel ravel <laughs> yeah there's some great moments in here where batman is a, I mean, just you see some of the differences in humorous ways between bruce and these various agents there's that one with ravel and when batman later on when batman's talking to and these are all bruce batman when he's talking to um i mean not bruce stick i think um when he's talking to batman of japan and uh he asked Batman, don't you have a shrink weight? I'm, I'm, I'm sweet on Molita Canary of the super young team, but she's, you know, she's tiny. And, and Bat's just like, don't make me change my mind, Jiro. Come on. Yeah. Well, and that was the second time the shrink rate came up, too. Yeah. In this issue? In this issue, yeah. Because yeah, uh, Squire is, is, like, telling Knight to ask Batman for his shrink rate so that they can move into a mailbox. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I wonder if that's a specific uh, old Batman or detective comic that Morrison is referencing there. I read that it's like a reference to a British show or something. Moving into a mailbox. I got to find it again. There British is a show. I know the, um, while you're looking for that, I know when, when it shows the Knight and Squire scene and they're in London, um, Squire or Knight has he apparently has some kind of little devices called the Micro Six Six Thirty Three Squadron mm-hmm. that I assume are little robot planes or something that he uses for with investigative technology. Well, that's a reference to a uh, a British war movie called uh, where is it Where is it called the Six Thirty Three Three Squadron, which is apparently one of the top one hundred war films of all time oh huh. never seen it. it came out in the 60s uh 64 i think so yeah 1964 and one notable thing about a little bit of trivia is the final scene there's this dogfight through a uh fjord that george lucas said was the inspiration for his scene of the you know luke and the tie fighters going through the through the, the canal interesting yeah Huh. Well, then I've got a couple more for you, Roman. That Micro 66 Squadron, those are those little airplanes that the dad knight sent out in issue three or four when they're like that British team is on the Falcon Islands and they're going to get Dr. Daedalus, but they all die except for Knight. He sends, there's a shot of him with a bunch of little airplanes that fly out, um, which is cool. I didn't realize <laughs> that was what that was uh, until you just started talking about it. Wow, cool. Yeah. Um, but I know you're a, a Pete and Steel person, so they say Knight and Squire, you're needed, which is a reference to Mr. Peel or Mrs. Peel, we're needed. Yeah. And then the 
Beryl and Cyril are taking inspiration from cartoon secret agent Danger Mouse, who also had his mouse-sized headquarters inside a postal box. Awesome. <laughs> and the murderer that they're, like that crime that they're solving. I, I thought that the headline that Batman, I think it was Batman references. He's like, there's, there's still time for old Bill nails Jack the Smasher to make the morning additions. <laughs> like, I love the idea that there's uh, a serial killer out there named Jack the Smasher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm interested to talk about just sort of how this issue ends with you guys. Like two pages too early or a page too late? Just like it just fucking ends. It's over. Yeah, like what is it? What I mean, so I really like that we get this. The second to last page is Bruce and Alfred talking. And well, Alfred, Bruce does pulls up, pull-ups on a stalactite, which is awesome. Yeah, with one arm. And brings him a sandwich, and they talk a little bit about eating food. And then it goes back to this shot of the night ranger catching a batarang that's going to go back and hit Batman behind him. So, what do y'all unpack? Roman, will you unpack on me for that? Oh, I loved that. That was so great. I mean, I love the ending on a humorous note there. Because earlier, when they had that scene of Batman and, and Night Ranger, they trade each other's weapons, and Batman throws a boomerang, and Night Ranger throws the batarang. But because it's Night Ranger that threw it, the batarang comes back like a boomerang, and you see it in the last panel mm-hmm. of that page of the tomb. It's, it's approaching Batman's head from behind, and he doesn't realize it. And then right. you see Night Ranger catch it like that. That was great. Yeah. And yeah. Alfred's saying it all comes around in the end. So yeah. the end, that's just your recap issue, your introduction. Yeah. Batman Incorporated. So do, you, do you have a, you know, is there a metaphor about being there for each other or partnership or, you know, requiring a, a larger team or the yeah, opportunity think, to be there for like, I think the only message to it is that, you know, there'll always be a Batman and yeah, he's not alone. Hmm. It all Cause, Cause we started it us off with uh, that kind of introductory thing. Well, after the, them leaving the island, Dr. May, Mr. Mayhew, there's the legend of the Batman, who he is and how he came to be. And so it ends here with, okay, that's <laughs> everything you need to know, apparently to uh, now get into the new 52 volume two. Okay, right. cool. So your, your read on it all incorporated. Com- it all comes around in the end is more plot flow and less like a interpersonal metaphor. Yeah. I interpret it yeah. as an interpersonal thing, but now that you mention it, like this being a zero issue and coming back around and serving as a jumping off point. Like, I think that's a good read of it. And I just noticed that the, uh, the computer console in front of them, the, the part, the kind of semicircle part right below the view screen kind of looks mm-hmm. like Herbie, the robot's face. From Fantastic yeah, Four's car. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't even notice that that Batarang was coming back around at Batman in that panel. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the, I think this is some of the best Fraser Irving art that we've seen through this series. Um, but every once in a while, he does something that's just a little too subtle. Like I, th- mm-hmm. I think he could have had a, a different angle on that that would have made that jump out because it's only a, two pages later that we see. That thing happened but because of the kind of fractured narrative and and fraser's art i i totally missed that that's what was going on 
Yeah, just like that repeated line of dialogue. I hope I can repay you, Batman. You'll get your chance. It all comes around. So, you know, trying to find something about reciprocity or second opportunities or, you know, because that, that, that scene replaying opposite felt like there was an interpersonal metaphor maybe to be mined there. Mm-hmm. I, I do I really... Love, sorry, yeah. Oh, I just, I just remembered the fact that, that it's funny that, uh, what's his name, Irving drew these... Australian baddies as being straight out of Mad Max with their yeah. their cobbled together vehicle and one's got a chainsaw weapon oh. modified chainsaw for, for a weapon. Yeah. I love the Vaney, the the Oh the Vaniac. Vaniac. Yeah. What a cool villain that was. Yeah, great name and disgusting power, it looks like. He shoots yeah. his veins out like Spider Man's webbing and swings on them. Yeah. <laughs> Double face. Another good villain, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a fun issue. Not, I mean, kind of inconsequential, but it's just like I think I just really like the Morrison's ability to take an editorial curveball and make it entirely his own. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's doing these zero issues, and he finds a way to like take that. You know that that question of like boundaries that we've talked about. Like sometimes boundaries, I think, are great scaffolding for the imagination to you know, push itself beyond. And I think he better than most writers incorporates these ideas of like, all right, use the, make an issue about this in your Batman run. He's like, Oh, okay. And then he comes New rule. and it's just, you know, it makes undeniably Morrison. Yeah. I was, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-mm. No, you go ahead. I was going to totally derail this conversation. Oh, okay. Well, before you derail it. Yeah. I thought it was pretty impressive how Morrison, kind of gives you the gist of each of these almost each of these international batman in a couple pages i mean the one for el gaucho is i mean one page and you basically see how he betrayed batman how you see him go from being a hero to being kind of disgruntled and didn't want to do the whole batman thing to that bottom of the page being like all right, there's some pretty ladies. I'm I'm involved. <laughs> it just sums up his character. Same thing with the Man of Bats and Raven page. Yeah, yeah, that Man of Bats page was it was just great to get that one single page tying back to that and seeing the effect that they have mm-hmm. on the res. Yeah. So, what a thought train I had while reading this issue was just sort of the structure of this Morrison run as a whole and how like, and, and thinking about like, I, you know, I was, I was flipping through that, the doc walk book to find the pages about this issue. And I just skimmed over like the issue before it or after, but they mentioned Joe chill. And I, it just like immediately took me back to that issue, Joe chill in hell from earlier in the run. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't help, but, think about how tonally different that is from what's going on right now. Like how obviously intentionally it feels like we're reading an entirely different type of Batman story. And I just kind of made me think about that first third of this run is kind of, it's like an earnest Morrison doing a Batman story. And Mm -hmm. this is like, Morrison using Batman to tell a Morrison story is just kind of like how I felt like this progression has gone because like you know there's like mystery and villains at the beginning and like the colors and art all looks like you know Batman that you would 
plan on seeing and it's just it's interesting that like the progression of through it batman robin is kind of almost a mix of the two but now we're just on full-on just like you know morris not like the psychedelic morris and stuff but like you know putting batman into the context of what he considers an interesting fight of fancy it i don't know just uh it seemed like i i was you know we're a, it's a very different type of story and i imagine i wonder what in his head if he has sort of what his thinking is well do we know if dc told grant like okay uh you did pretty good we're gonna extend your run in these other series or did did like i guess is this a second thing that grant had to come up with because the the job was extended or you know, like a, a lot of times writers will have a beginning, middle and end to a long story. And I just wonder, was the contract extended and Grant had to come up with another beginning, middle and end? Or was this like, I can't see what we're reading now as part of a larger story, really. Like it references some of that older stuff, but you could basically start with Batman and Robin or Batman incorporated and, and have something that feels pretty cohesive without having read all the time travel stuff and the hyper adapter and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, it would be full of references that you would have to look up, but so is everything else that he does. Um, yeah. What do you think sense? Roman? Yeah. Wait, say that again, Django. <laughs> so I wonder if, if Grant had two separate stories in mind from the beginning Mm. or if if they're like looking at it all as one long thing and maybe this is the end of what started in the the batman his his first batman run Hmm. i i want to believe like jeff i want to believe in morrison's genius and that this is this was all one long storyline that he had the basics in his head from the beginning. I mean, probably, I mean, probably things filled in too, as he was going and sparked new ideas and new, new little directions and tangents. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, and I think I agree with what Roman said, which is, you know, I, I do think that at the beginning, you know, he left these threads of Talia early on within the first handful of issues of this run. Right. So I, I don't know if he knew Batman Incorporated, but I bet that there was something in his head floating around about, you know, not necessarily Leviathan, but like Talia ultimately being, you know, this, this series will end with a confrontation between Bruce and Talia and, you know, this, that nuclear family or the lack thereof is kind of kind and the contention around that is going to be a, a motivating force through a lot of this run. Um, I, so yeah, I I doubt that he knew it as like I'm going to do these separate series. I bet he had a kind of right. a large amorphous, just like you know, there'll be a thing about Talia and there'll be a thing about time travel because of you know what's happened. Um, but I bet it it kind of became what it is as as he was writing it. You know, I doubt that he was mm-hmm. like there's going to be incorporated in Batman Run. But I also agree exactly what you said, Jang. Like I think it is a testament to his writing that I think you could pick up Batman incorporated and Mm -hmm. read just that and feel like you're getting a pretty good portion of a story. Yeah. But it also doesn't feel incredibly redundant to be reading it after having, you know, read all of the stuff beforehand. I think interesting mix of all things, but like, 
you know, I, I guess for me, if I were the person writing this, like I would look back and I, I could, I can feel maybe myself that first big third is like me trying to do a Batman story. And then this Batman incorporated being like, all right, now I'm going to use Batman to just tell an interesting imaginative germ that I've come up with in my head. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Just uh, it's tonally, you know, so different while also having so much of a similar through line. Yeah. Roman's got, Roman's got a, Roman's got a, he's like, a, I don't know if I'm going to say what I'm thinking. Oh yeah, I did it. Cause I just realized that the, the cover of the zero issue it's got Burnham's signature and then i notice underneath it, there's a little there's a little uh f well it looks like an nf which i, I don't know why fraser irving would sign it nf i think it's nathan but... fairbairn's colors <clears throat> oh okay i thought it was because oh, okay that makes more sense i thought it was because the background is like an irving cover and then burnham's artist characters are crashing through it Oh, I think I think it stands for not Fraser. Oh, <laughs> no, you guys, yeah. <laughs> now we need to have an important conversation about the differences with which our issues have been collected. Because I think if we look <laughs> at your guys's cover, they are bursting through it. The cover, the Yannick Paquette cover of Batman Incorporated number one. Nope, never mind. <laughs> no, never mind. That's the cover. Yeah, sorry, it's the same image, but like they're bursting through an old page. And yeah. I believe that uh, with these zero issues, they were bursting through the covers of the first issue of the series that it was happening oh. in. And I thought I saw a picture online today of this image, but they were bursting through the Yannick Paquette cover of like him kind of with his cape. They're, they're bursting through the page with the Micro 633. Interesting. That's, that's ghosted in the background. Oh, there. the Night Squire page. Okay. Yeah, the, the Jack yeah. the oh, Smasher yeah. page. Yeah, which is interesting because yeah, I think I saw a picture of a different one. But um, all right, never mind. So we've got the same covers. They were they were like, uh, okay, we want we want these characters bursting through the first issue of the series. And editorial was like, well, what is the first issue of this series? And nobody could decide, so they just <laughs> picked a page out of the middle of the book. Hmm. <laughs> I think that like. You know, for as weird of an editorial task as this thing was to ask a writer to do, I, I do think they did a great job with the branding of those covers. Part of me wanted to like, mm -hmm. I kind of want to buy all 52 of those cool characters <laughs> bursting out of a cover because they're all like so branded and nice looking. We got them. You want yeah, them? Nice. I'll get them for you. I'll collect them. I'll make, I'll make you a little stack, a little, little half a short box, bud. You'll have to. I can do no, it. I don't. I don't want it. I can fucking yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That I mean, Pete, there were some people some subscribers i remember doing that they were just getting all the zero issues even of titles they weren't reading right <laughs> i was tempted to at the time not now Django. i don't I, want them now i already i've already done half of it just now while you were talking to roman <laughs> oh gosh we haven't mentioned the the page of just the eight panels that kind of tell you what you need to know while not telling you anything that you need to know of like him falling and like there you know he's falling into the hole and things and then he's sort of traveling through this metallic tube which it almost feels like him traveling through time and then traveling through explosion or destruction and then finding the leviathan face and flying into it and the leviathan like i love that as a textless way of just like we know what's going on having read it i don't know how it hits if you don't know any of that but i could maybe piece together that he's in the maw of a large threat 
You're much better at piecing things together. I would be pissed if I didn't know who Batman was at the page before, which gives you the story of Batman, but in such a sparse way that, um, like, I, w- I almost forgot who Batman was and what that bell was for when I read that page. <laughs> to your one reference. <laughs> I love that that Bruce falling in and becoming Batman up and right up to now sequence. And a lot of reasons I love it because it's it's such a like '60s kind of psychedelic like uh, again British TV show reference. You know, the Avengers, Prisoner, that kind of thing. Is it okay to spoil something that's that's key to the end of this story? To Batman Incorporated? Yeah. I don't think we should do that. Okay. Right? I don't know. We kept mysteries like Talia being Tal- Tal- Leviathan and a lot of other things and who Hurt was and whatnot secret, but I don't okay. know. I don't know. I mean, there's just like, he keeps talking about having seen the future. Right. And here he talks about two headstones. Yeah. Which I would interpret at this point as being his parents. Right. And I don't know if that's what he's talking about in the long run i that occurred to me for the first time because they've mentioned the two headstones in previous issues even the, mm-hmm. the last one that we read and he's referencing you know going to the future at the end of return of bruce wayne and kind of having a vague memory of all time before him right so he ha- has you know this vision but yes for me i was thinking to the like the final issues of batman incorporated and there's a couple scenes there that didn't have the emotional resonance that I think was intended. And I think mm-hmm. it's because it actually is following up on this vision he had and actually making it true. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about and I, um, I agree. And that was a thing that didn't ever click into place until this issue for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it's, I think it's a, a casualty of how sneaky Grant can be putting putting like seeding things and not not pointing at them and saying look this is gonna matter in 32 32 issues but if he did that it wouldn't feel special to realize it and we wouldn't be talking about it that's that's totally true so yeah just the the give and take of uh how much work do we want to do well yeah it's it's a it's a payoff with the with that writing style yeah like or a trade-off yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's a funny thing that I just stumbled into on in the comic book on the geez, second to last page, there's a who's who in the new fifty two and it's in about Batman's army, Batman Incorporated. And it gives its history, but the image for it is actually the comic you were talk the image you were talking about, Jeff, with the Burnham characters of this issue bursting through the cover, but they're bursting through the cover of Batman Incorporated. Oh, yeah. I assume number one from 2012. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. So I thought they had yeah. just changed mine, but then that wouldn't have made any sense because I think the image that we all have, like it doesn't, it's not a very good image for it. Yeah, it's just funny they used the image you're talking about in the comic with the changed cover. The changed yeah. cover. <laughs> yeah, bizarre. Editorial. Editorial. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, so that's, you know, not a huge amount of insanity to mine from this. I would hope that I'm not cutting any thoughts off from anyone. Not from me. I don't think so. Well, I, 
if any readers or listeners know, um, I'm a little curious if the, when we first see Night Ranger, if he's a tattoo artist, apparently in real life. Um, And he's doing a tattoo on somebody's back of a crystal creature versus Cyclops man. I can't help but think that's got to be a reference to some old DC story. And I'm just curious. I didn't bother trying to look it up, (laughs) but I bet it is. (laughs) I love that idea. Anyone? It was super called out on it too. Like, like it was the whole background of that page. Yeah. Yeah. First I thought it was a Batman adventure. (laughs) Well, if, uh, if Chris Murphy knows, um, get at us and segue into Chris Murphy email. Love that guy. Um, Chris Murphy, dear quarantine. Oh my goodness. You guys, I can't believe I forgot to bring this up when talking about Batman incorporated number four. So, you know how number four tells us that Santiago Vargas once went by the Agent 33 moniker back when he was working for Spiral? Well, that's not the only secret international cabal he's worked for. In fact, he and all the organiz- original Club of Heroes worked for the same organization, the Dome. Ooh. All of this was explained in Infinity Incorporated 34. The Global Guardians. In 87. Um this issue retcons the COH as being World War II era underground costume freedom fighters sponsored by the Justice Society and All-Star Squadron. That is a lot of words that I associate with Roman. <laughs> After the war, these various heroes were assembled under the Dome, a top-secret international peacekeeping force. The story tells us that El Gaucho soon left the European-based Dome to return to Argentina. This could have been the time he was adopted, or he adopted the Agent 33 moniker and joined Spiral. It would fit the timeline established in Detective 215 and 233, the first appearances of COH and of Batwoman, respectively. So even though Grant doesn't mention explicitly, there is either a dutiful nod to continuity happening or a groovy synchronicity at play. El Gaucho as a super cool international spy dude. I've attached scans of the pages as well as their who's who entry because I like to share. Incidentally, Infinity Incorporated 34 tells us that the Club of Heroes slash Dome were the forerunners for the Global Guardians, which Roman just said. Houtily. Years later, in JLA and JLA Classified, the various members of the Global Guardians joined Morrison's Ultramarine Corps, and it was JLA Classified specifically that brought Knight and Squire back into continuity and laid the groundwork for the Club of Heroes story arc in Batman. It's all very ouroboros Keep on keeping on, Chris Murphy, and I have the cool scans that you don't. <laughs> God, I like the art, too. Yeah, and I think Morrison wrote those couple issues, of, or maybe one issue of JLA Classified, that reintroduced Night and Squire. Uh-huh. Huh. Um, yeah, and that series had a bunch of great writers on it. Yeah. That, that reminded me that he did specifically, Morrison mentioned Victims, Inc. in this issue. Mm-hmm. Which, like, you know, six or seven episodes ago, I had never heard of. And I was like, oh, I, like Batman, Inc. as a name kind of sounds ridiculous, but it's, it's less ridiculous when there's been other, you know, Infinity, Inc. and Victim, Inc., things just like to, to me it's like that's not a very batman title you're like oh no it's a it's a dc thing that they've they've been doing so so back off but yeah i didn't you know justice inc yeah justice inc all of those incorporated is such a weird thing to include in a superhero title but maybe to include oh very good <laughs> very good um gentle giants anything else before we get on out of here and move uh, you know, quickly towards Batman Incorporated number one, volume two, number one, the first appearance of one of my favorite Bat family members of all time. I've got nothing else fit for the air. Oh. <laughs> um, as, as neither do I. As oh. neither do I. 
Yeah, it's got to be hard for Roman to go anywhere because he's got a lot of stuff not fit for most places. You know what I mean, <laughs> most places can't fit what he's carrying around. They made me self quarantine even before the pandemic. <laughs> sure, your meat is too large. We need you to stay home. <laughs> um, all right, everybody. Well, on that note, this was Batman in Quarantine 65. We'll see all of you in a couple of days for Batman Incorporated number one, the final act the final number one the final first issue of a story arc of this whole morrison thing so um we'll see you all then we just realized before recording we looked up what date the first issue or first episode of this podcast went up and it is six months ago to the day tomorrow which is bizarre wow yeah (laughs) time time i mean it all comes around the day before is is the the six month mark Tomorrow starts the seventh month. That's true. I like that. Although I really liked Romans, it all comes around. We could have <laughs> called this podcast Time in the Batman after that one volume. And uh, Anyway, we'll see all of you guys on Thursday. Bye.